Welcome to Fleet Safety Geeks. I'm Bob. And I'm Phil. And we welcome you to our podcast. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Fleet Safety Geeks. I'm here with Phil Mosier. And Phil, it's just us. Yeah, for once, huh? <laughs> it was great having the guests on the other uh, the other podcasts. I just thought they they contributed so much, uh, and I really appreciate their uh, their input because I just think that uh, what they brought to the table was was terrific. Yeah, I agree. I think that that series was a lot of fun. I think it hopefully is going to help a lot of companies or anybody that's trying to develop a fleet safety policy. You know, glean some information from it. Um, but it was really fun to have everybody on and have these conversations. Hopefully we can do some more in the future. Um, but today, I think it's just you and me complaining about certain things, right? Yeah, we're going to be the ang- angry fleet safety geeks today. Uh, I think yeah. I mentioned that at the end of the last podcast. Yeah. But I think these are things that need to be said. And I don't think we buttercoat it, Bob. Yeah, no, we're not going to buttercoat it. And I think that that's really important. Um, like you said, um, these are conversations that need to be had. These are... Um, you know, huge situations that are going on right now, fatalities, increasing crashes, um, and they're avoidable. And, and that's why you and I are here, right? We've said that we've hate, we right. hate crashes. Crashes destroy lives, right? We want to we wanna end that, especially in the fleet industry, but also in the, in the uh, for everyday drivers. Um, with with uh, what, what, a year ago or last year, we had a, a record number of fatalities on the road? Yeah, so uh, approximately 43,000 people uh, died on the roadways uh, in 2021. And that's the most that has been in decades. And that was a 19, 19% increase from 2019, 19%. And Bob, this is still at a point when people were limiting their driving. And there's still a lot of people who are, are staying at home and working from home. So again, I don't know that the traffic volume is as great as it was prior to the pandemic. Um, and what that equates to, Bob, is 118 lives lost every day. That's a death every 12 minutes. Somebody dies every 12 minutes. In 2021, somebody died every 12 minutes. Yeah. There were 4.4 million serious injuries reported. And when I say serious injuries, what I'm talking about is where people had to be hospitalized. And what I did with that statistic is I broke it down to the number of licenses. This is just in the U.S., so I broke it down to the number of licensed drivers in the United States. One in 52, one in 52 licensed drivers were involved in a crash that sent somebody to the hospital. Think about that. We've had a major, major increase in, in crashes, injuries, and fatalities.
everybody should be upset about this. Um, Why isn't this front page news? What's that? Why isn't this front page news? Well, why isn't I mean, this needs to be blasted on every broadcast and every paper and every, you know, news feed and on the Internet. I mean, I I think we should be making a stink about this. I'm on my soapbox, Bob. You know me. (laughs) I'm upset. (laughs) I'm not happy about this. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's unacceptable. Um, and, and we've talked about this before. You know, we have safety technology on the vehicles, the ADAS. Um, you know, vehicles are safer. Uh, they can go faster. Uh, speed limits are up. Um, Marijuana is legalized in a lot of states. You know, there's a lot of things coming together here where I think people, I don't know if this is a root cause, but we should probably do a root cause analysis as a right. country. You know, if, if, if the vehicle's safer, if there's technology in the vehicle that's safer, why are we having more accidents? What right. is going on here? And that's, fatalities. These fatalities have got to stop. The vehicles are safer now than they've ever been. Not only with the ADAS is, is, is crash mitigation, but then also uh, injury mitigation with the, with this, you know, the crumple zones and the airbags and, and all the, and the pretensioners on our seatbelts that the vehicles are far more safe now than they've ever been. But yet our fatalities are going up. So what are we doing about that? I think a lot of it, Bob, comes down to, and I'm going to zone in on two things here. <clears throat> I think there's a lot of things going on. Well, speeding is absolutely through the roof. There's not as much enforcement going on. That's one. Uh, And two, uh, I think that when things were shut down and there wasn't as much traffic, people got into the habit of speeding and they're continuing to speed. That's one thing. I think the two biggest contributors to this are distraction and impairment. And they're the two things I'd like to focus in on during this uh, podcast because it's getting ridiculous, right? It really is. And, and, and our acceptance of it, we're accepting it as a nation. As, as, and, and, and not only are we accepting it as a nation, but as in the fleet industry, Bob, I hate to say it, it's just a part of doing business. Or, you know, maybe people don't say it's, not a, it's just not a part of doing business. Or they might say, well, I'm fleet. I don't really handle safety. Well, who's going to? Yeah. Who's going to? Who's going to start that conversation? Or they're going to say, <clears throat> "Well, you know, I am so busy right now with my with my EVs and everything that I have to do there. I don't have time to address safety." Okay. I understand time constraints, Bob. You work. You you do handle a, a large fleet. I know your business, and Bob, I know you are busy, my friend. I know you are. I get that. But. What do we have to do to get organizations to start to address this and, and, and get serious about it? Yeah. Well, being a fleet safety geek, as busy as I get, safety is a, a top priority, right? And it should right. be a top for, priority for you. in every company, for any fleet and any fleet manager. If you're new in fleet, you need to do safety. Um, your drivers have to be safe. There's a cost involved, the sheet metal repairs, you know, the liability costs for, for other vehicles damaged, other people injured. Um, but but when you when you manage a fleet and you have a driver um, die or a another citizen die, it it, it it hits you hard. 
and it makes you think, right. you know, what could you have done to prevent that? Well, you should do that upfront. You know, we, right. we should be doing this upfront. Everybody should. And, and you mentioned that, that, you know, everybody's saying that this is acceptable and you have a few examples, like even mm -hmm. the Ann Hesh crash, right? I mean, right. tragedy. You know, it's a tragedy, but you right. know, at the same time, I, I believe she was fairly wasted. And right. Well, another person. Right. So all, all indications are, and I don't want to cast stones and say anything that's out of, you know, not, not accurate here, but and the reports are that she did have uh, alcohol in the car, in the, in the, the, the uh, cup holder of her car, <clears throat> and that uh, impairment probably played a role. Uh, I don't know that for sure, so there's the disclaimer. Sure. But I heard a lot of people saying, oh, poor Ann Hesh. And I, and I, uh, Bob, listen, you know, you know how I am with these crashes. They, they ruin, crashes ruin lives. People, yes. I always say, Bob, and this is going to be really dramatic, but I always say, I wish I could take some people out to a crash scene, let them see it, smell it, and hear it. It would change the way they drive. Let them have to go up and knock on the door. Let them have to go, go in there. and I, I called it the living room time, sitting in the living rooms and talking to the family about the person who's no longer going to be there. And the kids come down the steps. And, and, and they're just devastated. Deal with that. Deal with that, and then and then see if you change the way that you 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 address driver safety. And as a nation, we need to do better. We need to do better. And I'm going to I'm going to, I have some examples here. So the Center for Disease Control in the U.S. and this is from 2013. This is going back a few years, but this is the latest. <laughs> there's there's another thing, Bob. That's the the, the most up to date statistic I could find regarding this. How ridiculous is that? That's not good. In the U.S., they had the most motor vehicle crash death, deaths in 2013. It was 10.3 deaths per 100,000 people compared to the 10 high-income countries, including the U.K. and Sweden. The U.S. had the lowest reduction in crash deaths in, from 2002 to 2013 compared with, with 19 other high-income countries. So other countries are getting it right. We aren't. I'll, right. I'll, I'll use another example here. The August 4th crash out in Los Angeles. Person no, blasting through that intersection and how many people died, including unborn children and children. I mean, now that did get some press. Have you ever heard anything about it lately? I mean, it's just, it's not, it's not acceptable. And, and, and it, it, that's a, so I don't know if that was impairment involved with that one, or if it was just recklessness or total disregard for safety, or if it was uh, distraction, whatever, for whatever reason. But here's the thing. Reports are that this person had a vehicle code violation record longer than my arm. And they're still behind the wheel. Why do 13. we not treat, why do we not treat vehicle crashes the same that we treat criminal cases? And people say, well, oh, you can't do that. It's too harsh. Really? You've been to that crash scene. You've had to deal with those families. It's too harsh, huh? Go tell that to the, the, the people who have lost their loved ones. 
I, you know what? I'd say that I'd say they probably would say it's not too harsh. It's not harsh enough. And I'm not trying to be, you know, Judge Dredd here and slam the, the gavel down and put everybody in jail. But damn it, Bob, when somebody is a habitual offender, we need to protect society. And that is my opinion. That is my opinion. I've arrested drunk drivers who had six times been arrested for drunk driving. Six times. Why are they out? And they, they'll never get a driver's license again. They say, well, I took their driver's license away from them. It doesn't stop them. I mean, come on. What, what are we doing? We need to, it should be a stigma. Bad driving should be a stigma. It's celebrated. I see the commercials by the, by the manufacturers, by the OEMs, and they're screaming down the road. And, you know, they're doing this and they're doing that and these cars and everything. It's, it's like making it, you know, glitzy and fun. And you can drive really fast and burn up your tires and all that. Really? I want to throw my shoe through the TV when I see those things. We don't do a good enough job in this country to address the issues that are going on. I absolutely agree. Even that case in uh, Los Angeles, that driver had 13 prior um, <laughs> preventable wrecks. I, it just, that well, actually well, could have been prevented. <laughs> that person yeah. should have been off the road. Something should have happened there. Right. Right. So here are some, here are some other things. So, so what, what, can we get into the, uh, to, to the two reasons I'm suggesting here, the DWI, the driving while impaired and the, um, um, and, and, Cell and the distraction, right? Distraction. Yeah. So, uh, every day, um, 32 people in the U S die from impaired drivers as a result of impaired driving every down the roads. Um, that's one person every 45 minutes. Uh, in 2020, and that's the latest statistics I could find on that, 11,650 people died in alcohol-impaired driving. Okay, that's just alcohol. That's an, a 14% increase from 2019. That's just alcohol. We have another problem. Uh, and I'm going to use my local police department, and they do a fantastic job um, as an example. Over Memorial Day, they ran a DUI checkpoint, DWI checkpoint. In three hours, Bob, three hours, they arrested 19 impaired drivers. 13 of them were from marijuana impairment. Think about that. Yeah. Last hey, weekend, so Phil, they ran another. I'm sorry, let, go let ahead. Let me interrupt you there real quick. So you don't have to say where you live. But it's not like you live in um, a city with 8 million people and no. they got 18 no. arrests. Right? I live outside a small, it's considered a city, but it's not. I mean, I'm in the suburbs uh, northwest of Philadelphia. I am not in a major city, uh, not at all. And, 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 I'm in, I'm, so I'm in Pennsylvania where, get this, recreational marijuana is not legal here yet. It uh, will be. Just like, you know, it's going to sweep across all the country because they don't want to lose that tax revenue. <laughs> That's important. People dying. Eh, you know, we'll address that. But no, not really. This past yeah. weekend, Bob, they ran another DWI checkpoint. They made 10 arrests. Wasn't a holiday weekend. They'll do another one this, this coming weekend, Labor Day. They made 10 arrests and half of them, five, were from marijuana impairment. 
we have to address marijuana impairment. And I will say this, I'm calling out the people involved in fleets. You have to address this within your organization and you need to address it now. And not only just smoking or whatever, or vaping, whatever, you need to address the edibles. You need to address all types of impairment. And we know that there's a heroin and fentanyl issues going on here. How many people are overdosing every day? It's flowing into this country and we need to stem it. We need to stop it. And, we, and, and, and you know what? Everybody deserves to be represented. And I absolutely believe in fair justice and everything. But we need to put some solid, you know, laws into place and, 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 and really there has to be consequences for your, for your, uh, for your actions. Yeah. Uh, I think I quoted this statistic once before. So Colorado has legalized recreational mar marijuana since they legalized recreational marijuana, their fatalities as a result of cannabis, as far as mar you know, marijuana impairment have increased 154%, 154%. Um, the assumed level of intoxication in 49 states is 0.08. Utah has 0.05, okay? Um, now, you can be arrested in just about, I believe, every state at 0.05, and the officer just has to testify that they were 0.05 and they were intoxicated to the degree that they could not operate a vehicle safely. But that's just alcohol we're talking about. Right. We have to address the other issue of impairment now, which I think is going to overtake alcohol, which is, I think, is marijuana. So I read something two days ago, which is they saying now that they, they estimate that the people, the number of people who smoke marijuana on a daily basis now outnumbers the people who smoke cigarettes. Wow. Wow. That's surprising. Yeah. That's surprising. It surprised me as well. So, um, the typical for fatality, uh, if you are involved in a DWI fatality, uh, typically, uh, as a driver, you'll get two to two to ten years prison sentence. It usually does not go beyond two ten uh, two years. It usually is a maxed out at, at two years. Is what I've seen. It's been my experience working in law enforcement. Um, so. I'm going to use two examples here and I have all kinds of examples here. So, so um, just last week, a man was convicted of hitting a tow truck operator who was on the side of the road, lights on, uh, picking up a disabled vehicle and this guy was impaired. Uh, it was marijuana impairment and he came down and he hit the guy and he killed him. The, the, the tow truck operator lost his life. Um, the guy took a plea and he got a two year sentence for a third degree felony of homicide by motor vehicle. In the next page, I read an article where a guy was convicted of a third degree murder or a third degree murder, which is a third degree felony here in Pennsylvania. He shot somebody in a dispute and he got 15 years in prison. The guy who killed the tow truck operator got two. The guy who shot somebody got 15. I'm not saying that the guy who shot somebody was given an unjust sentence. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, how's that tow truck operator any more alive or dead than the guy who got shot? Right. I, I, 
dead is dead. And this guy was absolutely reckless and impaired and they know better. And they, he killed somebody. Killing is killing is killing to me. How does that guy get two years? He's going to be out in two years. Guess what? The guy who lost his life and his family got a life sentence. Right. If, if it's good for one of a third degree felony, you get 15 years, but you kill somebody with your car, you're only getting two. When are we going to put some teeth into the laws in this country? Enough's enough. I am, I am so fed up with this. And why aren't people angry about this? I think we need to get angry. I think we need to go to our legislatures, legislators and start saying, hey, no, not good enough. Right. Yep. Now, um, <laughs> boy, am I on my soapbox, Bob. I told you I was going to be. <laughs> no, it's all good. And, and that's why that's why we're here this week to talk about this stuff. And you're absolutely right. If you know, we talk about accountability all the time for our drivers, our fleet drivers, you know, we develop fleet safety policy just to hold accountability. If we're not going to hold everyday people accountable for their actions, it makes it acceptable. And that's right. exactly what's going on here, you know, and, and we need to we need to make that change. Um, right. I know that you have tons of examples that we're going to talk about, about how other countries, you know, treat this. The one I didn't see in the notes that you sent me, um, I'm just going to talk about real quick, is Canada. Um, Canada mm -hmm. is uh, nationwide uh, legalized marijuana. They have uh, cases uh, going up in fatalities as well. But the way they treat, like if, if someone in the States got a DUI and you want to visit Canada, that's a criminal um, uh, record that you have. And you may not be able to enter the country. Um, oddly enough, the uh, uh, penalties they have for their civilians, their citizens who uh, get a DUI um, in Canada, for a Canadian who gets a DUI in Canada, it, it's stiff, um, but it's not criminal. You know, so it, it's more of a still a traffic violation. So, um, but other countries are doing things better, right? What? Yes. You know, what? What are some examples you have that? we could probably start using here in this country. Right. So Colombia was the, the, the country that I found has actually the toughest uh, impaired driving laws. Which I just um, want to say before you get started, Colombia. 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 I mean, right. Yeah. You know, all we see on, on all the movies that have glorified right. Colombia as, as some, you know, uh, right. a, you know, country that makes drugs and sells it here. Right. But right. they have tough so that, that, Yeah. They're known for like, yeah, like the, the good Colombian grass. Right. I mean, some boy, I'm showing my age. Uh, so, um, yep. They have the toughest laws. Uh, you will be arrested if you have a 0 0.02 that, that, that you can be arrested at 0 0.05 here, but the assumed level of intoxication in 49 of the States of the U S are is 0 0.08. Used to be 0 0.10 when I when I first became a cop it was 0 0.10. Now it's now it's 0 0.08. Uh, only uh, Utah has 0 0.05 uh, as the assumed level. In other words, if you get to that point, it's assumed that you are no longer capable of operating vehicle safely. And, and what cracks me up too, Bob, with this whole thing with marijuana legalization, I'm sure there are attorneys who are lining up to defend the people who get arrested for marijuana impairment. Um, uh, companies need to address this. Um, you know, with, so uh, when I was working at the pharmaceutical company, we put in there that you couldn't even refuse a field sobriety test because that's how they're really checking for marijuana impairment, uh, to, to put the cuffs on is with field sobriety tests. And they'll use that as their probable cause for, uh, for the arrest and for conviction. 
So if, uh, if, we, if we had a driver who re even refused a field sobriety test, um, they would lose their job. And that's the kind of law, that's the kind of rules I think that every company needs to enact, okay? Uh, the, in, in Columbia, you, you lose your license for a minimum of one year, and down there it's a 900, equivalent to $914 US. That's a lot of money. Um, also, will serve 20 hours of community service, and if they find to be at a higher level, um, they have their license at a higher level of blood alcohol, sure. their license is, they lose their license for 10 years and pay a fine equivalent to $7,314 and serve 50 hours of community service. If the driver gets into a crash, involves injury or death, um, they face between 2.5 and 18 years in prison. I still don't think that's enough, but then they lose their license permanently. They never get their license back. I think that uh, the deterrent here would be loss of license. For, for most people, I would think that the loss of license for a year and, and, and most of the, in the United States, typical license suspension is three to six months, typically three, if it's a first time offense. Not enough, not enough. You know, um, again, I'm gonna show my age here, Bob, but it occurred to me last night as I was watching uh, an old episode of Adam 12. Remember that show, Jack <laughs> Webb uh, produced show? Uh, and I swear, I think that show was the reason I wanted to be a cop. I mean, I'm reading Malloy and all this stuff. But they stopped a guy who was driving all over the place, and they arrested him for drunk driving. And while they're while they're walking up to the car, it's like comedic music playing in the background, like doo -doo 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 -doo. it's not funny. Yeah. And the guy's like real, you know, comical and everything. And I gotta tell you, I mean, I arrested some people um, for impaired driving who were pretty funny, you know. Um, some of the things that came out of their mouths or the, some of the, their actions were ever, it was just stupid because they were drunk. Um, I took it real seriously. So, yeah. uh, again, as a society, we need to do better. Uh, and this, I'm talking about this country and I'm calling out, like I said, the fleet professionals to, to take, to take this, take a stand on this, address safety. Um, so uh, as far as some of the other countries, Hong Kong uh, is 0.2. Um, it's a monetary fine and three years imprisonment. I love that. Um, 0 0.03 in India. Uh, let's see what it says here then as far as their punishment of imprisonment of six months. And 10,000 Indian rupees. I don't know how that equates to U.S. dollars. Uh, Netherlands is 0 .05, uh, 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 0.02 for drivers with less than five years, 0 0.05 for people with drivers of more than five years. I really don't understand yeah. that logic. Drunk is drunk. I don't care how long you've had your license. Uh, but they have to go through quite an educational process if they get arrested. Now, I know that there are some, you know, uh, Different states have different rules and different classes that drivers have to go through if they've been arrested for impaired driving, and that's all well and good. Uh, but again, I think that, well, I'll, I'll use this example. When I was on the job in Pennsylvania, they have what they call ARD, Accelerated Rehabilitative Disposition. It's a big three fancy words for, uh, for probation, for first-time offenders. 
And I called up one of the guys who was a, an assistant DA and he was handling the, um, the DWI cases and these pe the people who were getting ARD. And I said, here's what I want to do. So I was on call for fatals. Any fatals that happened, um, I, I got called. Um, so I said, put them on call with me. Put maybe six of them on call with me and have them have to come out to the scene and see it, smell it, and hear it. And right. uh, I said, that, 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 I bet they won't. That'd be a really good deterrent, but they wouldn't do it again. And he said, love the idea. We would never get away with it. Why not? Yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? Why aren't we, why aren't we angry about this? And, and listen, against mothers against mad, uh, mothers against drunk drivers, mad, they, they, you know, they brought this forth. I think they were the, uh, the originating organization that, that really shed light on it and that was in the eighties. But now we have another whole issue as far as impairment from other substances and marijuana being the chief of them. I'm concerned about it, Bob. We have an issue and yeah. it has to be addressed. Absolutely. I do agree. Um, I've managed a police fleet. I'm not, wasn't in law enforcement, uh, but I saw it firsthand, um, not on the scene during the, the uh, accident or cleaning it up, but the aftermath, right? Um, yeah. And um, we would have a lot of impounded vehicles. I'd go to the impound lot. I'd have to do some stuff there. And I saw a car that was so badly crumpled that um, you, you couldn't fit inside it. Nobody could sit inside right. that vehicle. Yep. Um, you could see that there was blood throughout the whole vehicle. Um, and then I found out one of the officers that was with me was a deputy um, with the sheriff's office in Michigan. But um, he said, yeah, that's the accident that happened last weekend. Three teenage girls died in that car. And you just stare at the car and everything gets quiet and like a weird feeling comes over you that you're right by the car where somebody, well, three people just died in it. And it really has an impact on you. Um, you know, these are, these are our children. These are our neighbors. These are our, our family members who are out there dying because of, of whatever the reason is. I don't know if those girls were drinking. I don't know if they were being irresponsible. I don't know if somebody else hit them who was drinking um, or using a cell phone. Um, but these things are happening every single day. Yep. The number of fatalities is going up over an already record year. Um, something needs to be done. You're making an excellent point here. So should we get into the uh, distraction? Let's do it. Uh, we've talked about it before, but. Yeah, I think, I think it's okay to talk about, about it again. I don't think we can talk about it enough, Bob. So every year, uh, distracted driving, it's approximated that 2,800 traffic deaths are caused and 400,000 injuries in the U.S. I think that number is way low. And the reason I say that is because, you know, Bob, I've never been to a crash scene where I walked up and I've investigated thousands of them. I've never walked up to a crash scene and somebody said, oh, I'm so sorry, officer. It's all my fault. I was on my phone. Yeah. You know, people aren't going to readily admit. And unless the cops are pulling phone records, are they going to find out? And unless it's a, a, a more serious crash, they're not going to pull the phone records. So I think this statistic is very, very low, actually. Um, every state has laws regarding careless driving or reckless driving. They're two different things. But if you are so engrossed in a conversation or you're texting or tweeting or whatever, how is that not reckless? Of course it's reckless. Statistics have shown that if you're talking or on the phone, whether that's hands-free or hands-set, you're as likely to crash as a person who has a 0 0.08 blood alcohol concentration. That's drunk. Now, we right. just talked about impaired driving, right? 
I, and, and people have heard me say this before. I don't know too many people say, okay, well, you're drunk, but go ahead and drive. But if you tell somebody to stay off the phone, they go, whoa, 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 you don't understand my, you know, workload and what I'm doing, and, but I'm using hands-free. Bob, you may have to edit this one out, but I call bullshit on that. <laughs> you know, I, I really do. I mean, that's garbage. Oh, I'm using hands-free. And, and we've had those conversations. I think the hands-free laws are flawed laws. Every study has shown that if you're talking on the phone while you're driving hands-free, you're as likely to crash as a person with a 0.08 assumed level of intoxication blood alcohol. Not, that's not acceptable. And these laws are promoting it. Oh, it's, it's legal. Go ahead. And, it, and it, people are saying, well, the states need to enact tougher laws on this stuff. They need to put specific laws regarding that. Nope. I just said they have they have careless and reckless driving laws on the books already, but we need to get the cops off the phone and start enforcing the laws. That's my opinion. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's so ridiculous. we talked about this a little bit. Yeah, we, we've definitely talked about this before. And every time I see uh, a celebration of a hands free law passed in the state, it frustrates me because it's not the, the act of holding the phone that is causing the crash. It's the conversation. We need to put our phones away. We need to turn these phones off. We had Corey on from No Cell. They have technology that just deactivates right. the phone. Why? Shut it off, right? Right. Yeah, because that is the reason that people are getting involved in accidents. It's the Why don't they have legislation for that? Right. I'm sorry, Bobby. And I, I yeah. No. Why don't they legislate that? Right. Exactly. So when they pass a hands-free law industry. and pass it as something that's safe, Again, it's making it acceptable and it's putting it out right. there as if it's safe. And so then everybody starts doing it and then numbers keep going up. It's 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 a stupid uh, celebration. It's a stupid law. It shouldn't happen. It, it, I, I totally, totally, totally agree with you on this. And and, and Bob, uh, if people think that they are safe when they're using hands-free, give an honest self-assessment. How many miles have you lost because you were engrossed in a conversation? And I've had people argue with me, well, now, hold on. Now, what's the difference between talking to somebody on the phone and talking to somebody in the car? Well, the person in the car might might be another set of eyes. And if something starts happening, they'll shut up. They might even warn you. Yeah. Okay. That And I, people have heard me say this before. So there's no comparison. And by the way, the studies did address that. And they found that it takes more of your cognitive ability to talk on the phone than it does to talk on the on the to somebody in the vehicle with you and and this also the studies have shown is that the shift of the head and the eyes when people are talking on the phone whether it's hands free or handset they're usually looking up and to the right or up and to the left they're looking up they're not looking down the road they're not checking their mirrors not doing the 360 scan like they should they don't know where their escape space is they don't know what's going on around them that kid could pop right out in front of them guess what that's a crash a tragedy so i, I don't People who say, well, I use hands-free, I'm safe. No, you're not. And be honest. And, and, and this fleets need to address this. Fleets need to address this. And you're going to get a lot of pushback from the sales force. A lot of pushback. You got to push back too. Get legal involved with you. Show them the statistics. Do whatever you need to do, but get this addressed and do not allow cell phone use with your drivers. It's just not safe yeah it's too late to address it after a fatality right, right? need to address it first um 
Well, we have a few other things on here. I, I think, you know, this conversation is not going to end, um, but we need, hmm. we need to, you know, um, probably end the podcast. We try and keep them about 30 minutes. Um, but this hmm. conversation is going to continue. Um, uh, we will be talking about this a lot. I'm sure. Um, uh, what, what do you have to kind of wrap up, um, um okay. some of this? And, and, and as kind of the theme on this is I'm calling out fleet professionals to do something. Uh, so right I know there's a legislative, uh, summit coming up with one of the fleet organizations. And I was looking at the agenda. Uh, there's a town hall round table on hundred best fleets. There's a leadership experience event. There's advocacy training, preventing auto recycling theft, EV recharging round table discussion on semiconductor shortage in your fleet. That's what they're talking about. Bob, I'm going through the agenda. There's not one mention of safety, nothing, nothing. They're talking to the legislators of our country and they're not bringing up safety. Our numbers are going through the roof on fatalities and injuries, and they're not talking about safety. I saw another survey that was done saying at another uh, fleet conference that's coming up and the survey was put out there what is the one, if you had to select one behavior that you would like to see changed with your drivers, what would that be? And I saw the results of that. Most of it, Bob, was about vehicle maintenance. The respondents were saying about vehicle maintenance. They wanted to see you know, people do a better job and get into the, the, the having the behavior of changing their oil and doing better service and maintenance on their on their. Uh, provided vehicles. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. And again, I know as fleet professionals, your job is about the vehicles. I get it. I totally get it. And I understand with the vehicle, you know, shortage and hard to get, you know, how to get vehicles and everything. We need to take better care of our vehicles and everything. But Bob, 43,000 people in 2021 predicted to be 46,000 fatalities in 2022. How are we not addressing that? And by the way, if they're crashing the vehicles, that's just as bad. It's just as hard to replace. So I'm calling out fleet professionals. If it's not your job, make it your job. If it's not your job, then get the person involved who is, it is their job. Okay. But don't let it go. Do not let it go. I've worked with a lot of fleet professionals over the years. Bob, that's how you and I met over safety, over safety. You're, you're one of those who you're in fleet, but man, you, you are focused in on safety and that you set the example, Bob, you set an example there. Be like Bob. Okay. So it's just, why not? not? Everybody can do it. Everybody can get involved. Even if it's not your job, you have drivers in your vehicles who are, uh, doing probably the most dangerous thing they will do um, all day, which is drive. So you need to work with HR. You need to get your policy strong. You need to work with health and safety if, if that's where safety falls. You need to work with management and make sure everybody's on board. We, we talk about this all the time. We're not just making this stuff up. We're not just saying it because um, we think it might work. We know it works and, and it needs to happen. Um, with that, we all have busy days. I'm going to just kind of sign off here. We will keep this conversation going. 
Um, but if you are listening on a popular podcast platform, such as Spotify, Apple, or Google, I encourage you to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. You can also find our pod- podcast on YouTube. We have a video podcast out there, and we would love it if you would like and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter, um, where we'll share all of our episodes out there. And if you have a suggestion or want to talk to the angry fleet safety geeks, please reach out to us and and we will yell at everybody else again. Phil, thank you so much. These are important conversations. We need people to understand the severity of this. We will have other guests on who will reinforce this, but we need this to get to everybody. We need it to get to the fleet professionals. We need it to get to state legislators, uh, federal legislators. Everybody needs to be involved and get something changed. I, I totally agree. As a nation, we should not accept this. We should, you know, b- bad driving, whether it be impairment or distraction, any of that speeding, um, that should be a stigma. It should not be accepted. It should not be uh, glorified. It, it should be looked at and saying, no, that's it's, absolutely it's wrong. Yeah, uh, Because people are dying and being hurt and it's it's affecting people. So, yeah, I'm, I'm angry. So It's avoidable. Phil, it's avoidable. thank you for what you do. Thanks for your message. We will Thank talk you, again. Bob. I appreciate you, buddy. You take care. Have a safe and happy extended Labor Day weekend. You do the same, Phil. Take care. All right. Take care. All right. Bye.